up everybody robin e here host of pillow talk podcast as always appreciate you guys for tuning in with me on a new episode the love is always appreciated if you haven't already go ahead and like the facebook page pillow talk podcast still trying to get to a thousand before the end of the year so y'all not sharing enough go share my stuff and go tell your friends to like it also make sure that you guys follow me on instagram robin e93 just started posting ig videos on there i'll be dropping more ig videos on there as the month goes on so make sure you guys follow me on there and of course twitter e93 robin if you're in for a hoot or some inspiration depends on how i'm feeling that day then i would suggest that you follow me on twitter too um real quick real quick have an interview dropping this weekend with nate grams Nate Grams is a Chicago artist, underground artist that is getting some buzz right now. He's from out south. And he was one of the other artists um, that I just saw along my new journey of running into independent artists in Chicagoland area and instantly uh, fucked with his appearance and how he delivered himself on stage. Um, so make sure you guys tune in for that. I'm excited to have a Chicago artist on my show. This is the first time that I'm having someone that I don't really know that well as far as personally on my show to interview. So I feel a little, you know, I feel a little lit right now. I'm not going to lie to you. It's exciting to have my brand grow. And as it grows, it reaches new audiences and new people. So this is a great opportunity for me and for Nate. And I hope you guys enjoy. I got a lot of good questions Nate, so make sure you guys subscribe to Pillow Talk so you can catch up on all of the new episodes. New Pillow Talk dropping right now. Yes, bringing you guys a new episode. I cannot believe that it is fall. I saw my breath this morning when I went to work, and I just I shed a tear. Like, oh my god, summer really fucking left. Like the disrespect. But we're going to rock it out. We're going to rock it out. Um, both of my best friend's birthdays are coming up. Halloween and then December right after that. So I got a little bit of planting to do. And then after that, um, my birthday comes up February 20th. So I'm excited. The end of the year is quickly approaching. And I've already crossed off some milestones that I wanted to accomplish so hopefully you were able to get some things done this year if you weren't I think you need to start thinking of shit right now right now I'm already working on 2020 you feel me so make sure you guys get that plan in motion bringing you guys an interesting topic well it ain't really that interesting it's more so just me wanting to talk as usual but um black cinema black cinema so black movies you better had seen now every time that we talk about great black films what what do we always say come on come on friday the wood love and basketball damn it belly paid in full and temptations i ain't gonna shit though you know the temptations is a, is a classic and the jackson five that's a classic too um, we always go down the list of these memorable big blockbuster black movies, which is great. You know, these are staples in the black culture that we're always going to reflect on and always going to remember. But there's so many other black movies that are prominent to black culture that we never give enough credit to. 
And this is why they kind of fall behind the radar because we, we don't know. Shit, we didn't take the time. Or maybe we didn't care to see why it was imperative to black culture. So I just want to name a couple of black movies that I feel like you better had seen. Now, I'm only 26. So, you know, in my short 26 years of living, um, I haven't seen everything, obviously. There's hella stuff that's out there in the world that you don't see. But I love movies and I love black culture. And I love anything that's cinema in black. So within that range, I felt like I've seen a lot, a lot of black movies. Just to name off a few, um, you know, like Rosewood, Sparkle. My mother loves Sparkle. South Central, um, Bamboozled, Hotel Rwanda, Higher Learning. She's got to have it. The original, original. Coffee, Pinky. That's an older movie. That's from like the 1950s. Hoop Dreams, you know what I'm saying? Fresh, Eve's Bayou. So it's, you know, it's quite a few other black movies without the range that I've seen. But I wanted to go into a list of black movies that I feel like you better have seen. As a black person today in America, these are some movies I feel like you better have seen. (laughs) Starting off, Lean On Me. Now, I know a lot of people... You know, they know the the hot, the song from, from Lean On Me, but a lot of people haven't really watched the movie, at least the younger people that I know within my age group. Lean On Me came out March 3rd, 1989, uh, starring Morgan Freeman. It's the story of a mean-ass principal, Joe Clark, who turns a low-ranking high school into scholarly potential. Um, and also just entitles a sense of school pride during a time obviously when it's hard to love your school in public areas so this movie was very powerful in the black community it was based off of true events um certain surroundings that happened all throughout america but it was based off of like true events um it exposes the hardships of public schools with little to no funding so a lot of the issues within the school really came down to the score testing they didn't have a lot of funding, but a lot of that funding was imperative to the type of scores. So it shed light on inner city schools and how they're testing super low and ways to change that and change how the academics are being you know, displayed to them. There's always been a stigma with minorities in education. We've always had, you know, trials and tribulations. We've always had issues where we couldn't get everything that we needed due to the way that we were being exposed to it. So this movie goes into, I think, a lot in how education was distributed to minorities in, you know, lower rating schools versus these other schools that, you know, don't have as much minorities and have a little more funding. Also exposes, you know, crimes, drugs, how those things play into high schools, especially within the bad areas, teenage sex. Um, But it also promoted a lot of togetherness and support within the community for minorities and blacks which is something uh, I miss so much y'all don't understand how important it is especially in a black community to have togetherness within your community that is so imperative for you to excel and survive and to just build a sense of pride and confidence in who you are as a person and who you are when you function in the world as a person so they really did the transition within the movie from this you know low rating fucked up school kids coming in there fighting shit like that to 
togetherness to you know reinventing the school song to studying together making studying cool so it was really uh something new to see i think in black cinema at that time um we're so used to again at that time little depictions of black people or little bits that we had so to have this headlining movie really go into the hardships that we faced and that minorities face in public school areas was powerful so make sure that you see that make sure that you see that coolly high it's so hard to say goodbye Ooh. no i can't sing but um coolly high man now this is some old shit some old shit this is um from the 70s came out june 25th 1975 starring glenn turner lawrence um jacobs who played joe jackson garrett morris um legendary he was oh i forgot i think he was the five uh uncle in jamie fox in jamie fox show but coolie high was just empowered to like why my young ass know that my dad is old so he put me on coolie high set in chicago's cabrini green projects legendary stomping grounds follows the story of two best friends black obviously trying to decide what to do with their lives after high school so again this is kind of going back into the inner city mode the project mode of blacks especially during the 70s and during this time um you saw the struggles that they went through mothers working late you know having to lead a kid at the house you getting your ass whooped because <laughs> you ain't at the house when your mama told you to be your little sister told you know what i'm saying they had a house party what was it, like a nickel or a quarter to get in um fights breaking out jealousy prevailing amongst people it also goes into um how blacks dealt again with drugs and also how easy it was to lose a friend to guns to violence to whatever you know the rate that black men black people in general but black men are dying by violence by the hand of violence is still alarming but this movie i think was kind of the first prominent death you know where you were just fucked up about it and you knew it shouldn't have went down like that it shouldn't have been him you know the athlete was the one that ended up being killed versus the friend that was you know just going to go into the service was just thinking about doing you know the regular thing he was a english major but you know growing up in the black society especially during that time and i think still now money is always the motive and you need to have a job that pays good fuck all that creativity shit um he did end up becoming like a famous writer in the movie but it was just sad to see that he lost his friend to something that could have been prevented yet that is the type of environment that they live in killed for stupid reasons you know what i'm saying dumbass reasons um all around black culture you know what i'm saying they go into real depictions of black people you know they have the whole 1975 setting i mean cooley high is just lit as hell so if you haven't seen that y'all can see all these movies on youtube by the way it's like two dollars to rent so make sure that y'all take y'all ass on youtube and go watch the shit but coolie high that's definitely a black movie you better have seen dead presidents october 4th 1995 starring lorenz tate chris tucker uh keith david played kirby 
uh, what is it? Is it Bookkeen? Bookkeen Woodbine? I think. I don't know. Um, he was from Jason's Lyric. So if you remember Jason's Lyric, um, the crazy brother, his ass. But Dead Presidents, I used to be obsessed with this movie because I was obsessed with Lorenz Tate. Like, I used to watch Love Jones all the fucking time. But Dead Presidents is just... I feel like it was a new vision of black culture and it kind of showed why black people go through the extremes that we go through when we're faced with so many obstacles that we can't really control. This movie goes into depression. It goes into depression and uh, PTSD. The setting is right after the Vietnam, so coming home from Vietnam, serving in this white man's war, seeing all this death and losing all these people within the death, things you can't forget. And then you come home and the Black Panther movement has started. And now you're feeling a sense of pride. Now you're feeling like you need to do some shit, et cetera, et cetera. Going through being back from the military not being able to get your money like you need to or dealing with drugs being a drug addict i mean it it was just really deep and chris tucker did his shit in the movie he made his character prominent but i loved how gritty it was you know what i'm saying they didn't sugarcoat nothing in that movie going to the prostitution pimping and how being so low being so broke feeling like you literally have no other options and then having served your country and still be broke well, fuck it. Let me rob a bank. Period. <laughs> Let me rob a bank because this is actually some shit y'all owe me. Y'all not trying to give me the money. Let me go get that shit. So to me, that was like the root of dead presidents. When you go through everything you're supposed to go to, when you play the white man's game and you still come out empty handed, now you got to take shit. Now you got to figure out a way to take your shit back. Shit that you owed. So if you haven't seen it, Go check that out. I don't want to get too deep into that, but they rob a bank. That's all you need to know. Um, make sure you guys check that out as well. Um, introducing Dorothy Dandridge, August 21st, 1999. Holly Berry did her thing in here. Loretta Devine was in this movie as well. This was the biop of the first black woman to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress. So if you don't know who Dorothy Dandridge is, I'm going to need you to, to start there first. <laughs> start there first, you know, and then circle back around. Um, you probably know of Carmen, the musical, which has probably one of the most famous musicals ever in time. That was her in Carmen. That was her breakout role. Um, just a timeless classic that really put her on the map and really set a standard for what a black woman could be in Hollywood. So this movie is just powerful. Um... I think to me that this was a really detailed biop for a black, you know, figure, which we weren't really getting too much of. We did have Malcolm X. I'm going to give Spike Lee that, you know what I'm saying? That was beautiful, but that was again done by a black person. So it's only right that, you know, Spike Lee did his shit. But every time they tell our stories, they always leave shit out. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't want to go into super detail because they just assume, we assume we know what the fuck happened. No, paint the picture and let me know how bad it was. So I feel like in this movie, it really goes into detail of all of the trials and tribulations that she had to face being a woman, being a black woman, being in Hollywood. They also go into interracial relationships. I mean, she was dating white men. She was being rich and fancy, you know what I'm saying, in this white man house. And people was not fucking with it. She was a mistress at one point in time. You know what I'm saying? It, it just was really 
powerful to see all these ups and downs. They go into, again, the racism and how she would go to clubs and then she'd be performing at the club and they would make her go piss in a Dixie cup. You can't use the bathroom. You can come here and shake your ass on stage, but the minute you got to pee, you take your ass outside and use a Dixie cup. There was a time she went to a hotel because she was in town because she had to do a show and she could not use the swimming pool. They told her that she had to go out after a certain time and when it's cold as fuck out when you know obviously you don't want to go swimming at fucking seven or eight o'clock or some shit like that so dorothy came down stuck her toe in the pool didn't even you know stay she didn't even get her whole body in there she just stuck her toe in there these motherfuckers drained that pool they drained the pool because she put her toe in there y'all think (laughs) you know some people think, I ain't gonna say y'all, some people think that our history doesn't matter and that things like that don't matter. But that just goes to show you how fucked up America is and what we capable of, clearly. So this movie goes into real detail of Dorothy's life, her drug addiction, her struggling to get back on her feet, um, to just be this sexual figure dealing with men in the industry dealing with her child that was um i think she was mentally disabled she was like a real monroe before monroe and i feel like if she got the support she really needed from the black community back then we wouldn't be idolizing Marilyn's. we would be idolizing dorothy's because that should be our idol that should be who we look up to that should be the epitome of black beauty the first to do it and no shade to Marilyn Monroe because she's she's an icon in her own right. But I I'm not connected to the blonde hair. You know what I'm saying? I'm connected to that brown skin, those hips, and those full lips. You feel me? So make sure you guys watch that. Make sure you guys watch Dorothy Dandridge. School Days, February 12th, 1988. I used to be, I used to memorize the fuck out this movie. I love that. Uh, I can see if I can go to my head. It's like a musical. A little bit it's only a couple of it's like two songs in there um but it's really uh, awesome but yeah starring Lawrence Fishburne, Tisha Campbell, Spike Lee he also directed it um Jasmine Guy, Samuel Jackson, Kadeem Hardison so another black uh elite film during that time you know when you had that set golden I feel like black Hollywood cast that was getting cast and everything so you had everybody in there Promoting black education. Mission College was a black HBCU. So it's one thing to show black people in college, but y'all going to an HBCU? Oh, yeah, it's fucking lit. It's lit as hell. Touching on political um, and social movements, this whole idea of being woke versus, again, conforming to the majority and trying to just excel and trying to just survive, this whole Uncle Tom aspect. So I really enjoyed that goes into colorism to me that right there that right there is is the number one reason you need to see that movie i did an episode on colorism this was probably one of my earlier episodes and a lot of people wrote me about it saying that they didn't even know what that shit was and that they thought the whole light skin dark skin thing was just you know what i'm saying this um you know facade quote-unquote but it wasn't. Um, this was something that's rooted deep into our history. This is something that's rooted deep into our culture. And it's something that prevails 
with us. It's something that goes with us as we, you know, go through life. Um, unfortunately, black people don't understand how that makes us look and how that just puts us against each other. But it was so prominent in this movie, um, you couldn't help but ignore it. Kinky hair, nappy hair, black hair versus extensions, perms, weaves, women, you know, wearing contacts, fluffing up their hair to look like the white girl's hair. I mean, it was just intense as fuck. For me, that's what really stuck out in the whole movie. Um, so make sure you guys see that as well. Just struggling, uh, too, with, you know, the idea of, of conforming. And they go into, you know, sexual uh, and social acceptance within college. So it's one thing to kind of touch on, you know, the black aspect and the black you know, uh, vision of being in education. But this is also about college. And this is also about the type of things that young people endure while they're in college. Um, I've never been pressured to have sex in school. I've never gotten to a point where a man made me, you know, feel like I had to fuck him or whatever the case was. So in this movie, it touches a little bit on that, touches a little bit on just social acceptance, the type of, you know, um, waves and how far a person will go to be accepted to feel like they belong even in reality um they're their own person and without this sorority or without this school these people would you know have nothing to talk about so make sure you guys check that out school days that's d-a-z as in zebra e tales from the hood throwback <laughs> may 24th 1995 starring uh, Clarence Williams, David Allen Greer, uh, Stacy from The Wood, Lamont Bentley, um, and Ahmad from Soul Food. Why well, ain't got nobody real name? Because that's how I remember people. I feel like I know them from those characters because those are prominent. And y'all know Soul Food in The Wood. Y'all knew who I was talking about. But Tales from the Hood. When this first came out, it was like people were like spoofed about it. It just was like funny. This was like a cold classic. It didn't really start getting traction till a couple of years after it came out, which is usually, you know, how how lit stuff uh, turns out. So this movie actually has a lot of deep messages that were done in the most creative and modern way. To me, I feel like this was kind of the first foot into expressing black struggles, you know, through rap or through um, these stories, these interesting depictions um that drew our attention shed light on police brutality and the white crooked cops this was something that came out you know shortly after Rodney King happened and within the movie they had a section where um you know white cops had killed this innocent black man who was like a political figure and they had set him up and you know had drugs in his car put his car in a lake and this black officer who was there knew what happened and went into this big depression about it because again he he felt like he fucked up how could you let your own you know what i'm saying brother quote unquote die like that by the hand of this officer just because you know but that just goes into that whole ideology of black police officers which is interesting I've, I've been thinking about doing something about that but it's hard because i wonder how many black officers have seen white cops do fucked up shit I wonder how many of them have been a part of shit just to save their own ass, just to prevent them from getting killed. 
that's a really scary thought process and I feel like that movie showed karma in a sense you okay right now but you're gonna be fucked up for the rest of your life the fact that you let this happen because the man ended up coming back from the dead and he was a zombie and it was scary as fuck but uh that was some deep shit you know what I'm saying that was something that wasn't really being told too much in the 90s I think as the 90s moved along especially after Rodney King um we started seeing a lot more of these accurate depictions realistic we talking about the man died okay this is the last thing I'm gonna say the man died that they killed that the white officers killed they went to this man's grave and pissed on his grave you understand what I'm saying these white cops went and pissed on this man's grave this man that they killed this black man that they set up, put drugs in his car, put his car in the river. It ain't bad enough you killed him. You got to go disrespect him in the afterlife, too. So it was deep. You know what I'm saying? That, that was deep. They also go into child abuse from your partner and how normal it was uh, within the black community. Something that we kind of talk about, but we don't really. Abuse happens in every culture. I'm not saying black people are the only people that beat on each other. But unfortunately, there's this notion of if he beats you, he loves you. Or if it was just one time or, you know, you had a you know, mistake, he was upset, yada, yada, yada. You hit me one time, it's not over. Because let me tell you, I don't have no sisters, Okay. I don't have no sisters. I got a whole bunch of brothers and cousins. You feel me? Ain't gonna be no talking. <laughs> you hit me, I'm I'm I'ma shut up. I'ma shut up and cry my ass in the car and call the whole West Side, the whole gang, you feel me? And that's gonna be that. But then that just creates another problem and now you've created this war, yada yada yada. So I thought that was interesting that they go into that. Talks about folk tales. Um, and how the gang mentality is fucking up the black community, how we're fucking up our black community. They had a segment in there um, where a gang member was in like crazy asylum and he was locked down in this chamber and he saw depictions of all the people that he killed, including kids that were killed by stray bullets and drive-bys. Woo! Okay, because when I tell you we need a remake of just that scene in itself, deep shit because I don't know I don't know if, if, if gang members think about the innocent people that they kill when they out there trying to get their brother get their brother man or they trying to get their app or whatever the case is you know what I'm saying because niggas be out here killing their friends do you think about the innocent people that you killed the people that just happened to be there that had nothing to do with the situation how it's affecting their families and their lives so that was really powerful and I think that that was way ahead of his time way ahead of his time but it's a problem that's been going on since before the 90s you know what i'm saying but we just decided to bring that into life um next up a time to kill so this came out july 24th 1996 starring samuel l jackson matthew mcconaughey and sandra bullock um this movie was very emotional very very emotional deals with racism in the most honest way um goes into detail with the corrupt justice system and how it's portrayed on blacks going down specific to the jury selection so i thought that that was very imperative too depicts the kkk involvement um and how they felt entitled to do shit like this white power white privilege at its finest and just this abuse and mistreatments that blacks faced the movie 
goes off of the fact that a young black girl was brutally raped by two white men. She was picked up on the side of the road. They raped her. They beat her. She managed to get herself, you know, home, whatever the case was. And the father ended up shooting uh, the accused men before the trial even started. And then he was the one that was put on trial. So race, you know, right and wrong, um, all of these things came into play in this movie. And I feel like it's it's touching. It's just you can't help but get emotional about it. Because if that was your daughter, if that was your cousin, if that was your friend, you'd fuck around and do the same shit. Killing is wrong. But when there's a time to kill, let it be a time like that. So I won't get too deep into it because every time I think about the movie, I get sad as hell. But um, make sure you guys check that out too. A Time to Kill, okay? Samuel, who doesn't love Samuel Jackson? He liked the black daddy. Him and Denzel. <laughs> and Forrest Whitaker. He liked a black dad too. Just Another Girl from the IRT. January 1st, 1993. Um, starring Ariane A. Johnson. This used to be one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, just a really fun young depiction of being black being a girl and unfortunately becoming a stereotype at the end of the day so it goes into inner city life it was like out in like the Bronx or New York was like the setting a girl that was working unfortunately going into those depictions of young black women working and going to school taking care of her brothers while her parents worked hard so they were never there so she had to pick up that slack I can understand that um, I had an older brother, but he could not be trusted. So I was always watching my little brother, always cooking for him, always checking on him, and just taking on that second mother role. So it goes into depiction on that, too. It also goes into teen pregnancy, which to me is the meat of the movie. Essentially, a girl, black girl, who was super smart, trying to go to college, wants to be a doctor, felt like she had everything it took to get there, didn't have any kids up until that point, so she knew she was ahead of the game. And what happens? You know, you go out, you party, you meet a fine dude, you don't know anything about sex like you should know, and then, bam, she gets pregnant. And it was funny to me because you could tell, I mean, in the movie as she portrayed, she didn't know shit about sex. The girl was hiding her stomach, she was doing all this extra shit with food in the refrigerator to make it seem like she wasn't eating too much. I mean, it was just bad. The girl damn near went all this time, and mom didn't, mom didn't even know she had a baby, that's crazy as fuck. But that just shows the innocence, that not knowing um, that unfortunately a lot of teens, I think, go through. Do you have talks with your kids? Anybody that has adult uh, adults, anybody that has teenage kids, what do you think is the right time to make that talk? I try to think about if I ever had to talk with my parents, and I didn't. You know what my parents said? You learn that shit at school. <laughs> you learn that shit at school. And like I had sex ed, but I don't remember shit from it. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what the fuck they taught us other than giving us free condoms on the way out. So we need to revamp the sex, you know, curriculum to a T. I didn't have the baby thing, you know what I'm saying? I think I had an egg. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. It wasn't very thorough, obviously, because I don't remember that shit. <laughs> but clearly in the movie you could see that she didn't know anything about sex. She was just having it ended up having a baby and felt like all of her dreams were over with so to see that kind of stereotype that unfortunately a lot of young girls especially black girls kind of fall into was heartbreaking but it made you feel connected to her because you understood everything you knew 
you didn't mean to do this accidents happen we get it but what are you going to do about it so make sure you guys check that out i think that's one of the most underrated black films ever 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 just another girl from the irt i would highly 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 recommend you to see that especially women any any woman um right now that's tuned in subscribe to pillow talk go watch that shit write me let me know what you thought about it because it's great 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 movie definitely taught me what not to do um and last but not motherfucking least the inkwell i love the inkwell this is probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time first off again lawrence tate <laughs> i love him but lawrence tate was in here a young jada pinkett smith uh morris chestnut suzanne douglas adrian johnson that's jody mom Dwayne martin glenn turner Vanessa Bell Calloway. So it's a black study, uh, black studded movie. All of the Hollywood heavy hates are in this movie here. Um, it just really is a depiction of, again, black culture, but going into the Uncle Tom and the black power divide that was going on. So this movie kind of depicts after the black movement black power movement kind of died down and how blacks were separating which was something that i didn't really know about obviously i wasn't born then so i didn't know but it was a lot of ups and downs a lot of people you know were talking shit about malcolm x um feeling like he was a gangster that got gunned down because he was a gangster and people felt like he had all these other enemies within the streets and all of this bad shit that he did over the years. You can't just put on no glasses and a suit and go, you know, learn a religion and think that that karma is not going to find you. So I'm always intrigued whenever I hear other sides about great black figures because we don't know everything. You know what I'm saying? We don't know everything that went down. We don't know how everyone felt during that time, especially if you weren't born then. So that was one of the first times that I saw a black person bad mouthy Malcolm X in the film and I think that that hit a nerve for people only because it kind of tore down a little bit of this image of what you saw as a leader it doesn't take away what Malcolm X did it doesn't take away who he was to black culture but I think it puts into a different perspective of the type of leader um, that he was the type of knowledge that he had the type of street smarts that he was capable of and then you have the Black Panther who comes and visits, you know, the family. Essentially, it's about um, a family going to visit their cousins, going to visit their people who live kind of out in this mushy, booey, you know, inkwell, bougie, black place. And Kenny, who is the Black Panther, um, gets into it with Lynn Turner, who was the uncle tom quote unquote and they just go back and forth throughout the movie on these different ideologies and you know you see one he's got his fro he's got his daishiki on versus the other one you know what i'm saying he got his kango hat he got his golf gear on they also played tennis in the movie which i thought was great because what do you always see black people play in movies basketball if it ain't basketball it's football so the fact that they were playing tennis i think was a signifier of the high class i think that that was kind of like a little boop to say oh shit you know y'all got some money y'all playing tennis black people feel like they too broke or too good to play tennis i don't know but they could have been playing basketball you know what i'm saying they could have played football they could have played uh pick up whatever but the fact that they played tennis to me set the tone for where they were it set the the mode for the type of area that they were in 
It also goes into um, depression in blacks. The son was depressed and he carried around this doll and he almost started this fire and you know he had a lot of harbored feelings inside of him and when he went to this island he actually was able to talk to a therapist what what yes okay we talk about black therapy okay depicted in the 1970s that's black excellence to its finest that's black excellence to its finest like, I was not expecting that. And growing up, watching it, I didn't get that whole notion of it. But now that I'm older, I see. You know what I'm saying? I say, see the bigger picture. And that was very big. That was very important. Through his process of talking to the therapist, he ended up getting up with a girl and, you know, losing his virginity and being more comfortable with who he was as a black man. So I feel like that was very important. I feel like that was just a very important you know, um, piece to that movie. And to me, that's what made it really, really stick out amongst everything that was going on. And it's just a classic. You know, you got the big afros, you know what I'm saying? You got the high school dance, you know what I'm saying? You got them looking crazy. You got the cousin named Junior. So, I mean, it's just a lot of memorable things in the movie. But for me, going into black mental health um, was the big key. So that's my list. That is my list of black movies you better had seen. If there's any black movies that I missed or some that, you know, you feel like I should see or whatever the case is, write me, DM me, message me, let me know because I'm always down to watch a good film. Um, I'll be dropping again an IG video sometime this week, so make sure you guys follow me for that. And as always, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I hope you guys have enjoyed. As always, thank you for listening. Peace out.